0: Greetings and welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a sometimes funny, trying-to-be-smart podcast covering all things new and classic Trek, except my flappity fisticups, you foul fiend. I'm your captain, Mariah Gossett. With me on the view screen, we have
1: Clyde Haynes. When I die, I wonder if they'll name a planet after me.
0: I guess if we infuse you into the molecules of the planet, (laughs) we can make that happen. Um, Paul is on a away mission. We will be joining back together the full crew to discuss the entirety of this season of Lower Decks. But tonight, Clyde and I are on it to make sure you have our hottest of freaks and our freshest of takes. And we are going to be discussing the finale to season four of Star Trek Lower Decks. Um, Old Friends, New Planets. Uh, this was written by Mae Darman and directed by Bob Suarez. Um, fun fact, May was Mike McMahon's assistant prior to starting to write for the show. And prior to that, she was the assistant to Alex Kurtzman on Star Trek Discovery. So she is definitely a part of the Trek fam. Um, Just a couple of uh housekeeping notes before we jump into discussions for the evening you can subscribe rate and review on apple and spotify and youtube um you can share the show with your friends we really love that you can also leave us a review tell us what you think of the show at star to find links to all of those things and if you would like to join us on our patreon for just two dollars an episode you can hang out with us on our slack there's watch longs going on i also have a special thing for our patrons this week um We did ask Paul for some kind of video for coverage for this week. Um, I think he was a little tired when I made the ask because I said, oh, just send us a reaction video. And instead, Paul filmed himself watching the entirety of the finale. And so it's a half an hour. I was trying to be like, oh, I'll play a clip of Paul during tonight's podcast. But I don't know if we want to just sit and watch Paul for 30 minutes, but I think our patrons would. So you can watch along with Paul in real time. I'll put up the video. (laughs) Um, I think you all are really going to love it.
1: (laughs) I think what we should do is we should do uh, a watch along, watch along. So what we can do is we can all watch along as Paul watches Watches along. Uh-huh, the episode uh-huh. right and so yeah we all like three
0: like a... play we play paul mm-hmm. watching yeah because he also didn't wear his headphones so you can hear the audio so you can oh
1: man it's it. gonna be great um it's... i can just see like why is he eating that potato chip i like the one on the right <laughs> he's got a whole bag of cheetos over there but yet he's he's on these lays like i just mm-hmm. I disagree with that like you what was he thinking snacks facial mm-hmm.
0: reactions yeah we can
1: all have a good time watching paul
0: um Clyde if people are watching us live tonight there are ways to also interact with us how can they do that
1: uh I mean a telegram is typically the best way to do it so call you western union guy Mm -hmm. uh no uh please if you're Mm -hmm. watching us live in the chat just type capital p capital o capital V, capital pod in your chat and we'll take a look at your comment your question your musing your random notes um we just ask that you uh Keep it civil. Get along. We we like our listeners. And then if when the time comes, if you have that special recap moment, you want to give us your overall thought on the finale of season four, then just type capital H, capital F, capital HF in the chat. You'll know why I said HF here in a moment. Um, and then you'll we'll we'll get to know your show, you, your thoughts on the show.
0: Indeed. And another bonus thing, if you are one of our patrons and you maybe can't join us for the live, but you want to give us your thoughts, give us your opinions on these episodes, you can do so in our Patreon Slack. We have messages from the menagerie, which I think you know what time it is. It is time for some hot breaks. Let's check out what the messages from the menagerie have to say. Uh, Clyde, you want to take the first one?
1: Sure, Karen says, please no more Twain. But the rest of the episode was great. The recreation of the Wrath of Khan Nebula fight scene with accompanying music was great. You have to laugh when Locarno complains about the Ferengi having a paywall on the bomb. Could not agree more. I thought that was hilarious Um, and on brand. So
0: very on Brand. Uh Magmac says, I second no more Twain, followed by Karen, who says, Okay, that was just so good and so solid. I feel like maybe we are graduating into a full-fledged regular Star Trek series with a streak of fun. What a packed episode, lots of plot, lots of changes, and lots of good one-liners. I honestly couldn't stop laughing when I finally caught except my flappity fisticups, you foul friend. The music at the end with Tendi determinately marching off says to me, Season five is going to be a banger. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I'm, I'm on the pulse with all of these, these views, but Clyde, what's your hot freak of this episode?
1: Uh, so my hot freak, and I want to say Leslie says, what a great episode. I find that for someone who eschews promotion, Mariner shows the markings of a great leader, which is kind of in line with my hot freak is, you know, we've given Mariner so much grief about her just on again, off again, self-sabotage. Um, but her leadership in this episode, and like we've seen it throughout the season, and bits and pieces, but th- this episode, I thought, wow, like she's really stepped it up, yeah, um overall, I thought this was a really good episode, um from beginning to end, really, and I have to say, I loved the beginning. Because they've done what every Star Trek series, I feel like, has to do at some point. And that is take us to the Academy. Yes. And so they took us back to the Academy and gave, and were able to recreate the Nova Squadron conversation and actually add it to canon and gave us some, some behind the scenes of the kind of conversation that happens and then tossed in Mariner for good measure. Like, I, I was really impressed with
0: that. Yeah, I agree. I feel like watching this season, I mean, every season of Lower Decks, I've enjoyed more and more. But this episode in particular, to me, I feel like my hottest of Freak is, like, they tell so much story in such a short amount of time that it's it's truly so impressive. And, like, the... um the amount of jokes that they also get to fit in feel so earned because of the amount of plot that they also manage to fit in that it truly just like firing on all cylinders. So like hats off to the writer's room of this season because they really, really killed it for me. Um, we have a couple other hot freaks here going on in the chat. We have Nicole who says, Pod, I think my favorite part was Tendy at the end. She's going to do something badass. Agreed. I think this is a great season for Tendi and I'm excited to see where she goes next season. Um, and Takako says, Hot Freak, he looks like Tom Paris. That exchange I, between I don't see it.
1: <laughs> and Boimler that was, hilarious. was, was that so was hilarious.
0: hilarious. Um, we also have Nicole here with Hot Freak watching Boimler be acting. Captain was awesome and he did great. Yes,
1: he did a great job. He did impressed.
0: do a great yeah. job. Um, yeah, I think everyone's really just like, all of the character arcs felt really satisfying this episode. I really have... Um, I don't know if you got a chance to watch the ready room. We haven't had a ready room for most of this season, but we they did give us one here at the end, and it's uh with Don Lewis and Jerry O'Connell. So it was just like a really fun chat. But they were kind of talking about, you know, they did a bit of a retrospective on Captain Freeman and how now that she's kind of put ransom in charge of Mariner's ascension into herself, it has allowed Captain Freeman to not have to really worry about taking care of her daughter in in a career way and then in instead focused on herself and being a good captain and being a good mom and and I think we've really seen that this season from from Freeman and how she's had more room like they they did all the callbacks of her talking about how incredible she was at the academy you know it was like oh I still hold the record for this and I studied this and um, all these different points for her that really shined all season as well. And also I just love Don Lewis. So I, I really have enjoyed watching her character this season.
1: I agree. Um, I'm a big Don Lewis fan from from way, 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 way back. Um, and, y- you know, <laughs> oddly enough, um, I was talking to my daughter tonight. And, you know, I have a daughter who's in middle school and I asked her, I said, so what are you learning in English? And she said, we're talking about symbolism. And I said, well, it's funny. She said, so we, you know, we talk about symbolism a lot. And she was <laughs> like, oh. and I was like, yeah. I said, you know, when we, when we, you know, think about high literature on the podcast that I'm doing tonight, um, we often talk about symbolism mm-hmm. and we talk about what it means. And when you talk about Captain Freeman, as a parent, it's it's so interesting because we've seen for three seasons. She was trying to mold and lead her daughter, right? Like it was, it was really about her going. You got to do this. Like I'm, I'm focused on trying to help you grow up. And to your point, she comes to this point where she allows Ransom to focus on her career, and it does it. It frees it frees Freeman up mm-hmm. to both be an exceptional captain, which we saw episode after episode when we thought like what is she doing mm-hmm. she do something that we all didn't and then it's allowed her to be a mom mm-hmm. right just a mom and i think that's amazing and it's a lesson there's some there's some there's a lesson in it for all of us parents like hey some point you got to let go and you got to choose are you going to be coach or mm-hmm. are you going to be dad <laughs> and so yeah
0: Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, I think, now that Mariner's kind of had this more full circle moment. And I think, to me, what was interesting was, essentially, we got to see Nick Locarno, to me, is like, what would happen to Mariner if she fully didn't let herself Mm. heal, right? And I think that is the lesson of Nick Locarno in in this particular instance. I was a little sad. Symbolism.
1: When, if I could just get my daughter to listen to the podcast,
0: <laughs> She'd know so much.
1: Know um,
0: <laughs> she'll get there. In like 10 years, she'll be like, dad, you know, you made a good point. <laughs> um,
1: she'll say a lot of things, but dad made a good point. I don't think. So <laughs> we'll she will never say. be one of them. She'll be like, you're so corny. <laughs>
0: but i i was a little sad we didn't get a full redemption arc for lakarna but i i wonder if potentially because of the planet reforming if there's going to be something maybe in the future that that could happen for the character but um but it was also interesting to see that the consequence though of not healing is fully destruction so they really like push that i think
1: yeah. I also think that that this was like I mentioned I think last week, um, i had read this article that the the reason why they they got rid of Locarno but brought Tom Paris in mm-hmm. was they just felt like he Locarno was not redeemable. Right, right. Right. And that was on brand. Like that, like I, I felt like we kept looking for this moment. Where he would be redeemed. Like he was married, I think. Exactly. And when you take a step back and look at it or on a second watch, you go, No, like he consistently. So what we've seen is through TNG and now through Lauren Dex, like they've they've stayed consistent to this character. He is a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And so if you go back, and we'll probably talk about this next week when we look at the at the um we do kind of the full season recap. If if you step back and you were to ask, okay, who was the big bad of season four? Right? Mm-hmm. The answer is Locarno, which is a weird statement mm-hmm. to It's like, really? You kept looking for him to be redeemed. He goes, No, he was the big bad from day one, right? And at the end, he what happened to him is what you would kind of expect to happen to a big bad. He was destroyed.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did meet the full demise. Um yeah, I think the other thing, I, I uh, the comparison that can be drawn, especially because they essentially do a full play-by-play of the kirk Khan in the uh, Nebula battle, right, mm-hmm. is that we now get to see Mariner. She was fully the captain of the ship. <laughs> she was piloting the ship. She was um, negotiating diplomatically with all of these other lower deckers and essentially being like, I get it. I am also one of you. And I know enough about your culture to try to poke the bear a little bit Mm -hmm. in these specific places to make you realize that this isn't a good guy. Um, And so to me, it was really satisfying to watch Mariner not only finish her emotional arc, but then regain her confidence and, and fully like, I feel like we fully saw Mariner at her full Mariner self.
1: Um, I, I completely agree. And I think Locarno's interesting because you know, the thing that's interesting about LeCarnel that reminds me a little bit about Khan is he he's not your typical bad guy, right? In that so many times, and even in Star Trek, your bad guy looks like a bad guy, mm-hmm. right? He is, and I'm just going to say it, he's ugly in some way. Right. I he is an alien. <laughs> oh, for Lucarno. Yeah. yeah. Well, just, and in, in just saying in general, he's ugly in some way. But Lucarno, much like Khan, looks like you would expect a s- superstar Starfleet officer to kind of look. Right. Now, he's, he's got a little, I'm worn a little bit, but, it, but if you thought about the poster child for, a Star Trek superstar,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Lacarnal's in that mold. Like he looks like Riker. He looks like Tom uh, Paris. Kirk. <laughs> yeah, he looks like Tom Paris. Like he he looks like these guys that you would expect to be the star, mm-hmm. right? And he and yet he here he is. He's on the other side of the fence.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting point because, like, I think we. You Know to your point, Clyde, we expect our big bats to look a very particular way. Although I think we we've moved a little past that in like discovery, you know. I think there is some interesting concepts with the idea that like a villain doesn't always have to look like a villain, and that can sometimes right. make them harder to spot. Um, so that that is very interesting. Um uh, but we don't we always
1: guess who the villain is? Do, like we have a whole dialogue where like that guy is sus she is sus right like right even when they're not sus like we we just knew vance was the bad guy for a long yeah. time he did
0: he did um it's like too suave it's like if you're too suave <laughs> it's like
1: something's too slick about this situation it'd be interesting now i feel like we go back and be like no nah, he's not sus but he sure is handsome yeah,
0: I, know. I I was thinking and, and maybe listeners, you can chime in and let us know in prep for, you know, our final season of discovery. I was trying to think of what we were going to do kind of in our downtime, um, because as of right now, the next Trek series, the date they gave is early 2024. <laughs> so we, we have a couple months. And so I was thinking we should do a full rewatch of the entire series from start to finish. So Ooh. you all let us know what you think about that. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about Tendi because I feel like she also had one of the larger season arcs. Um, and it was really satisfying seeing her one step up to her sister, but also have the confidence to know that she can step away from Starfleet, but it will always still be there. Also, the Meagly Mo battle was just like, iconically silly. And I really loved it. <laughs>
1: I mean, it was. Um, I was felt like a little Rob. Like she fell on him. I know. I was like, but he, he really what, tindy he? Tindy? Yeah, like he he's just she's he's there. She's out. He's still but you know
0: he's moving his little his little flappy flaps. You know <laughs> he's trying.
1: I mean, I'm a I'm a Tindy fan. I mean i I would definitely watch like a short limited series called mistress of the winter Sol- solstice i'd watch that
0: maybe. i really hope
1: they do a comic
0: i feel like that would be a really great comic book if we could see a full tendy as mistress of the winter soldier but um that would really make me really happy mm-hmm. um the other thing uh where else did i want to go i mean there was a lot of i th- i thought good payoffs this episode too of things that felt like throwaways like the genesis device you know, in that cold open finally came back, like you were saying, Clyde, the paywall moment made me <laughs> literally laugh out loud. Um, I also like Mariners, like, oh, a Ferengi weapon voiced by a Ferengi. Unexpected, but I like it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was for me, that's what Lower Decks is all about, mm-hmm. right? That is the the very subtle, kind of sarcastic humor that is. Self-reflective on itself, right? Like mm-hmm. that is what that that to me is what I love most about Lower Decks is even if you didn't catch it, so even if you weren't thinking, huh? You know, it is weird that we always have these bombs, and the voice is always like Majel Barrett, um, <laughs> right? It's like, oh, we have a Klingon bomb, but the the it's just a deeper Majel Barrett. Barrett. Um, <laughs> so that. Like that comment was just somebody going, hey, we can acknowledge that this was off mm-hmm. and here's how we're going to rectify it. And I love those moments because um, it's like, I don't want to say you don't take yourself too seriously, but you're not, you, you don't. You don't look at this and go, well, everything about Star Trek is perfect. Right, right. <laughs> right? I- like we make no mistakes. It's all purposeful.
0: Yeah, I saw a a review today that said something like the one of the reasons that Lower Decks I think really shines is that it never punches down on Trek. It's always punching up, right? It's always Mm -hmm. like, how can we take something that all the fans are aware of and we all uh, make fun of and kind of poke at, and then they actually make the jokes around it. And so I I think they do a really excellent job of towing that line. Um, I also think it's interesting in in I know and I hope it's not true. There's rumors that next season might be the the last season of Lower Decks. I would love to see it continue um, in whatever capacity Mike McMahon wants it to. Because I think he's doing a phenomenal job as the showrunner. But, um, you know, each season we've kind of gotten an arc where the finale really crescendos for one of our main core characters, right? Like we saw rutherford who is like died and come back because he saved everyone from the badgie mm-hmm. situation and all of those things we've had boimler kind of have his moment we've now had mariner and i feel like we've now set up i feel like for attendee kind of big crescendo next season um and then that leaves us and my hope is because we've now added to lynn so i'm like oh are we just going to keep adding characters so we can continue this cycle um, to, Lynn, to me has been such a great breakout addition this season. I really love the dry humor. I think Gabrielle Ruiz does an incredible job voicing her. Um, I also really just like her as an actress and the Talyn Cerrito strong moment was hysterical. And then the it fact was. that she's the one who is like, I have a potential solution and brings us back to the Twains. Um, <laughs> which is very divisive, uh, apparently, in the chat. Lots of, no, lots of people not into the Twains. What are your thoughts on the Twains?
1: It doesn't bother me. I mean, and I think it doesn't bother me. is because being on a steamboat in New Orleans with Mark Twain is just so TNG, right? Yeah, yeah. It makes absolutely no sense, but it's so on brand that it does not bother me at all. And they do a good job of not giving me an overdose of it, mm-hmm. right? Like the first time they did it, I was like, okay, this is going on long enough that it's funny, but be careful. This was just short enough that I wasn't bothered by it. I was just like, oh, there we go. I was more entertained by the fact that Freeman's looking like, why the hell does this work? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that I and thought was like, funny. Nice. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yeah, so it's not bothering me. I think, um, it's, it's just, it's, it's becoming running gag. To your point about the five seasons, I'm a little split, right? Mm-hmm. Because this is about what I'm used to now. I'm used to yeah. a show going about five seasons and people going, okay, that's what, that's what we needed, right? Five seasons is, if five seasons feels like the hundred episode mark that we used to have for syndication it's like great five seasons now you're gonna, that's that's the perfect length for streaming let's let's load you up put you on paramount plus and now people can rewatch mm-hmm. but it also feels like like i've gone back and and thought about shows that have gone on for like 13 seasons mm-hmm. and asked myself where did they lose me and i got to be honest it's probably around season 5 right and and not for any bad reason mm-hmm. But something else came up, I took a break and didn't return to it, and then I, then eventually I, maybe I did. And so part of me wants to say, I'd love for Lower Decks to be, I don't know, The Simpsons seems like a lot, but but one of these shows that goes for 10, 13 seasons, right? Eight, nine seasons.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but if we weren't podcasting, my question was, would I fall off? Mm. Right? Right would i follow, up especially because it feels like now we're gonna have a pretty massive break
0: yeah i mean i know they're currently i know they started season five already prior to the strike so i don't know if that's um picked back up because sag is still technically on strike and everyone should be supporting sag as they try to protect please. themselves from ai um so if you're in los angeles or new york please join a picket line um they could really use some extra bodies out there. Cause it's waning. Cause it's been like over a hundred and something days. It's really wild. Um, anyway, but, uh, yeah, so I know they've started some production on five, so it'll be interesting to see where we kind of end up. And and to your point, Clyde, I, I like, I want shows to go for as long as the showrunner feels like they want it to go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like, um, I just want him to know so he can actually end it the way he wants to end it, you know, and not have to retcon something and and figure out like a weird alt ending. Because, I mean, to your point, like my, one of my favorite shows of all time, Six Feet Under, only ran for five seasons. And I mm-hmm. consider it like one of the most perfectly written television shows of all time. Um, however, I do think of like... I'm probably one of the only other people in the world who still watches like Big Mouth on Netflix. It's such a weird show, but I love how weird it is. Um, I
1: fell off and I keep trying to go back, so.
0: Yeah, and it's like on its seventh season and I think they're getting one more. And I do, it's like, oh, maybe this could have, this seventh season could have been the last one and I it would have made sense to me. Um, But I also get, you know, like I, I want it to feel creatively satisfying. I think that's all I actually care about. Because, yeah, to your point, like I fell off of Grey's Anatomy, I think, after season eight, whenever they got rid of Christina Yang.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I, I think so there's something you, you said that I actually love. Right. And that is I want to. So to me, we can call them showrunners. You can call them whatever you want. To me, they're mm-hmm. storytellers. Mm-hmm. And my thing is, and again, you're talking to somebody who believes that everybody should have a job that they love. So, uh, you know, understand that's just my bend. Mm -hmm. I feel like showrunners should tell the story that they want to tell as long as they want to tell it Mm -hmm. and end it the way they want. And it, and I don't like the over capitalization of everything Mm -hmm. because what we do is we say, well, the story is only as viable as people are, are, are watching it right. Mm -hmm. As advertisers are paying for it. And I hate that. Right. Like, it's kind of like, I love the idea of self-publishing because it's like, if you have the ability to tell the stories that you want, as many of them as you want, as long as you want. And if it's an idea of like, if you've got three people who are still reading those stories, then those are three, like you're writing them because you love the story. You're not writing them so that you have, I hope you're not writing them so that a million people read your stories. You're writing them because you have a story to tell. I'd like showrunners and filmmakers to be able to tell their story And so if that's six seasons, if that's 16 Mm -hmm. seasons, and I, I would hope that the, the advent of streaming, right, means that you're not worried about when I watch it. Right. Right. Because the whole thing about it is I can come back and watch it. You know, I think we've mentioned this before, but take Suits, right? Mm-hmm. What I've heard is that Suits on Netflix, more people have watched Suits on Netflix than they ever watched the, in the original run, mm-hmm. right? Now, I think I was watching it. I trailed off at season four. I have every intention of going back and and watching more of it. It's just competing with some other things I'm, that I'm watching right now. Yeah. Um, and so, but but I'm hoping that like I, I look at something like like this and go. You want if you've got ten seasons of stories to tell, especially because we're only talking about ten episodes. Right, tell them, tell them, right. Like if you if you got a if you've got it written out that you have this whole arc about Tendy, like I want to see it, I want to hear it. Like I, I don't know, I'm game for it. Just don't depend on me to watch it week to week, because at some point that just might not be viable
0: yeah i i I definitely see your point and the, and i and to me, that was what was interesting when streaming came about was the idea that I could pick when I watch it, and that doesn't impact like the create the possible creativity of of mm-hmm. the people making these shows, right. But obviously, we've seen that that has changed because now all the streamers have put in commercials because they're. Isn't a way for them to make money
1: otherwise. Right. And and here's oh. sorry, I'm gonna get a soapbox for a second.
0: I know it's it's very soapboxy right now because it's very hard in entertainment.
1: He, here's what drives me nuts. This is what literally like makes me angry is you want me to pay a subscription fee. Mm-hmm. You may even want me to pay an added subscription fee that says no commercials. And then you start the show with a commercial right
0: like we technically so that y'all know i pay or you know like we pay for a paramount plus subscription as a podcast we do pay for that Uh, especially because during the strikes i was like we're not getting free stuff from the studios we are paying we are watching we're reviewing and um it like i pay for the no commercial platform because we're trying to watch these streams and get you the reviews and uh yeah they definitely still play a commercial at the top of everything. yeah
1: and i (laughs) <laughs> I think I still have my own subscription okay. and I'll tell you what I get i get really upset about is, again, as a parent, it's the appropriateness mm. of the commercial, right? Mm. And so I'm like, I'm like, it, like, even as much as I want to sit and watch Lower Decks with my daughter, and for those of you parents out there who get to watch Lower Decks with your children, don't rub it in. Um, <laughs> soon, soon. <laughs> soon. But the idea that I'm going to turn this on And I'm gonna get this this horror thing that's gonna scare the crap out of my 11 year old is not. (laughs) I'm like, really, really. I'm paying the premium, and yet you're still doing that. That's the stuff that, like, I'm just like, wow. Is it really? Is it? And again, we gotta pay. You know, I'm I'm not saying we should not pay. Right, writers, actors, everyone everyone needs to make a living. Um, so I get that, but just it's, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm done. because I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say some things that, that people are going to get upset about. So, I'm, <laughs> so I'm gonna
0: we'll, we'll come down off the soapbox <laughs> for now. We'll have a special patron episode. That's just called the soapbox moment with, yes. um, yes. and we will put that up, but, um, getting back into it, I did want to point out a couple of fun little Easter eggies that I noticed. Um, so during like Locarno's speech, you know, we kind of cut in to see a few people reacting to it, one of which was uh, Petra, our uh, other um, archaeologist friend from a couple seasons ago for Mariner. Um, we also got a couple of um new to me at least Ferengi rules of acquisition. They may have come up other times, but your boss is only worth what he pays you and then shoot first, count profits later. I found very funny.
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, I was like, I was like, that seems new. I don't know that I knew that one.
0: I didn't feel I was like, this feels like a lower decks Ferengi rule. (laughs) Yes. Um, And then the ship that Mariner takes from the Nova base was a steam runner class and it was the USS Passero, um, which is named in honor of the Star Trek artist Fabio Passero, who passed away in 2022. We do love to dedicate our ships to people who've worked on Star Trek and I really love that um let's see there was a similar uh, a steamrunner ship was also in season three of picard so they've been around they're in first contact and voyager um and then all the binar jokes i also thought were very funny um i'm trying to think if there was anything else that i really noticed um yeah i just thought it was really solid i thought all of the space battle sequences looked great What were your thoughts? I know you love a space battle, Clyde.
1: I mean, I do love a space battle. I thought the space battles were fantastic and diverse, right? Mm -hmm. So you're getting Mariner fighting with a number of other ships and different strategies. Um, Yeah, it was just kind of clever. And I, I, I enjoyed it from beginning to end, from all the way from, you know, escaping and hiding into the the nebula to you know the explosion of the genesis device which Mm -hmm. to me if you're gonna introduce a a genesis a genesis device you have to make it explode you have to make it explode like if you if you have one of those it'd be such a disappointment not to have terraformed a planet like it's like oh we're going to get a new planet like yeah. yes you have to
0: it's going to happen uh to Chippy's point i also thought they said when they threw the orion ship i thought it was amazing i did think that was a really cool maneuver um that we got to see boimler kind of handle uh and then we finally got to see them use the captain's yacht
1: <laughs> so so that's what i'm talking about when i was uh, that was one of the moments i'm talking about before and i'm like you're making this reference that mm. that it's funny to us trekkies. Yeah. Because you know, we've got all these you've got all these like series and listen, okay, I'm going to I'm going to out myself again as a nerd. I have yes looked at schematics of different ships mm-hmm. and thought about, oh, here's where the captain's yacht is and had full-on it, like conversations in my head with myself about when you would use a captain's shot and what the purpose of a captain's shot is, now and we in true, we've never seen it really used. I think mm-hmm. there are a couple of times where people have gone to it and been they in it, it and hide in it <laughs> yeah. right you, it's like a place to hide place to hang out. I'm guessing on a ship it's a place where if you want to sneak away with with your partner, that might be a place to get in trouble um. <laughs> And it was, it, it, it's so seldomly used. No one saw it coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I know. Like,
0: I fully just thought they were on the ship that they were ramming and that they right. just rammed through it and then they were going to do something else. But, um, very smart.
1: No one, no one saw that. Like, I'm like, where are they? Like, oh, I like you. I thought they must be on the ship. And then when it was like, it's like, oh, they're on the captain's yacht. Like, what? I was like, what is that? A shuttle? And they were like, oh, we get to use, finally we get to use the captain yacht." And I was like, get out of here. Like, you got to be kidding me. It's great. So, yeah, I did enjoy the battle.
0: Yeah, the battles look great. I loved all this. The sound design was also really strong. I love when the um, the ships come out of being invisible, the whoo sound. <laughs> I don't know why. I just find it very satisfying. Um, and I thought they did a great job of like, making the space battles be really exciting and fun to watch, but still feel like we were in the world of Lower Decks, right? Mm Because I think it could be really easy to over animate to make, because like essentially they're doing the same special effects that we watch in our regular Trek shows. It's just different textures, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, But it's, but to your point, there's something about being in this, this animated cartoon world that, I mean, it's going to sound weird, but it's kind of comforting, Mm -hmm. right? Like it, it allows you to enjoy it without taking any of it really on where, when this happens, when you see this kind of happen in like discovery, I don't know, it's something about it that makes it feel like, oh, this is almost like really happening.
0: Yeah. I I think
1: it's also like
0: uh, just... And I think discovery looks incredible, but it is, I think, a difference between it feels a little t- more TOS-y in the way that it's colorful. It's not mm-hmm. as dark, right? Because it doesn't have to be realistic. Like space is is dark. There's not a lot of points mm-hmm. of light in there. So it's right. like, I understand when we are in things like strange new worlds and and discovery, like a lot of the the scenes especially the space battles are going to be darker they're going to be grungier they're going to be grittier um especially in like our more horror episodes of strange new worlds and then like you know uh, disco is a drama um it is a space opera uh so we kind of have to exist i think more in those realities of trauma where it's when a cartoon dies it doesn't sting as much because it's still a colorful cartoon right
1: yeah and you're you're right like in a cartoon world like there's light from every angle (laughs) like everything's in full color Mm -hmm. and it which which to me is fantastic because if i feel like i get to see more Mm -hmm. right like i get to see the details more that it's easier to see things in the background Mm-hmm. when you know it's full like so you notice people and expressions and stuff going on in the background in discovery it's easy to miss someone sitting back there because they're not well lit
0: yeah or not in in focus right and I, right. I mean and part of it too is like those because it is a comedy like they're playing with the facial expressions and like all of those mm-hmm. small things that are happening it's like every time i watch a lower decks episode i'm finding a new thing i didn't notice before um so i think they do a great job i did think uh mariners like it's just so white when they're walking through the the spaceship and he's like none of that carpet and wood paneling in here <laughs> um again they find those things that we all kind of make fun of and think are kind of silly yeah. and they make fun of them in the in the most lovely of ways. Oh, um yeah i'm excited for season five i truly can't wait lower decks is is become i think one of my favorite uh current truck sh- i mean it might just be one of my favorite truck shows period not even not even putting a date on it. I think they've really knocked it out of the park. I really enjoy our, our little crew of lower deckers and our upper
1: deckers. Um, to, to me, it's it has always been a wonderful compliment, mm-hmm. right? Like I could not imagine watching this show without having seen the others, mm-hmm. right? Whereas Discovery and even Strange New Worlds a bit feels like you could jump in and watch those shows having never watched Star Trek. Yeah. This show is truly like, hey, if you're a fan of Trek, this is for you. Like, this is, like, you're going to get this. You're going to feel at home. Like, every week there's going to be something for you that makes you smile in addition to we're creating new stories. So that's why this is special for me.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, they do it's hard for me to say, I I'll, I'll have to ask some of my friends who don't, who haven't watched a lot of, you know, nineties Trek. Um, Cause there are still those like laugh lines that have nothing to do with the references. You know what I mean? Like the jokes are very strong the whole way through, even if you are a Trek fan or, or someone who's new to Trek. So I, I think they do a great job of balancing that. Um, I think that was it. For me, I'm I'm excited for the next season. I'm sad this is over. I know we'll be hopping back on here to talk with Paul and get his reactions. I'll post that video for y'all this weekend so you can watch along with Paul <laughs> um and see what his uh thoughts and feelings were. Um I do want to plug again. I thought the ready room this week was really lovely, especially cuz Jerry O'Connell um and Will Wheaton have some really nice moments connecting with each other um about like when jerry got the call that he was going to be in star trek he said the first person he knew he had to let know was will and i thought that was very sweet um and then don lewis said the first person she let know was michelle nichols so (laughs) and you're like
1: dang yeah (laughs) name drop well you know when you're jaleesa though you could do that um (laughs) like you you've been around game for a long time but um you know, I just want to say, you know, you mentioned Will Wheaton. I feel like that was such a great moment because I think people mm-hmm. have been asking. And I've seen people ask in the chat. I've seen people ask kind of on our on our Slack channel for our Patreon. Um, they're like, I wonder if Will Wheaton's gonna, gonna come back. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if they're gonna bring in Will Wheaton. And, you know, they also brought in Shannon Phil, mm-hmm. who voices C- who voiced Cito and played Cito. Like there are these moments where you're like, man, those are that's pretty special. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, not to mention, you know, the Tom Paris, Nicarno. Mm-hmm. like Nicarno. like I feel like in a world where so often it's easy to bring in somebody who sounds like those people.
0: It's lovely that they're actually getting all of these original actors to revoice these right. characters. Yeah.
1: Like that, that feels special. And that feels like whatever you had to do to bring them back in, it was worth it. As a fan of the show, it felt like, man, that's special right? Mm-hmm. And Will Wheaton, I feel like, you want to say it's easy, but not necessarily. Like, he does a lot of Trek stuff, mm-hmm. but for him to reprise the role of Wesley Crusher...
0: It's a like, lot for him. Just,
1: it is. And Will, like, I I doubt you're listening to our little podcast. I think you have, like, 17 of your own, but if you are, thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, Will, you better call me Mr. Wheaton. Seriously, <laughs> though. Uh. <laughs> um no thank you i i appreciate that for what it's worth it 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 admit something um to as a fan as someone who watches and loves the show it just i I thought that was special
0: yeah it was nice it was nice to see them back on a screen in some way and in a way that they were comfortable with um mm-hmm. and it's yeah i was like the animated stuff makes it so much easier to get some of these legacy characters in because you don't have to sit them in makeup forever you don't have to de-age anything like it's, it's, it's fun. Um, Takako. Yeah. I love that Will's voice broke. I thought that was like a very funny little <laughs> moment to be like, I'm back in being a teenager, <laughs> <laughs> even though I am very much a man. <laughs> yes. Um, it was great. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, okay, y'all we will be back next week. We'll be discussing the entirety of this season of lower decks. Um, so make sure you put your messages in the menagerie. If you're one of our patrons, what did you think of this whole season? What were some of your favorite episodes? We'll dive into all of that next week when we are back with Paul. Um, I can't wait to talk about it all again. Again, you can subscribe, rate, and review on Apple uh, and Spotify, as well as here on YouTube. If you're watching us, uh, visit StarTrekPod.co for links to everywhere you can find or uh, listen or watch the podcast, as well as to our Patreon. Also, down below, there's links to merch. If you want one of our Sweet Sweet Peanut Hamper shirts or a Hot Freak shirt, they're there. You can also get them as mugs, koozies, all kinds of fun things. Um, Clyde, where can people also find us on the internet?
1: You find us at Star Trek Pod on x mm-hmm. twitter thingy as long as we're there um shout out to karen who runs our twitter happy birthday happy birthday um, and yeah and you know who knows if you are if you're one of our patrons if you want to join our patron now's a great time mm-hmm. great great time uh, we might even do some watch-alongs of lower decks before we do the season finale wrap-up so yeah who knows
0: let's do it okay we will talk to you all soon again live long and prosper bye-bye